0: Welcome to the Tea with Bree. I'm your host, Bree. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Bree podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. Every week, we'll start with my guest's bio, an intro into how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they want to talk about that week. This week, I am joined by my guest, Sharuthi Parker. Hey, hey, thanks today. for having me. Of course. I'm so excited. Let me read your bio and okay. then we'll just, we'll just jump in because I think like we have so much to talk about. <laughs> Before she started The Honest Sharuth, Sharuthi worked as a digital marketing professional for a software firm. Though the subject matter didn't fill her soul, she learned the importance of intentional consumer content and sharpened her writing, branding, and photography skills. A few years later, Sharuthi moved to London, which was where the perf- which was the perfect place to start her blog. Her lifestyle blog has her voice, and that voice is authentic, passionate, sassy, informative, vegetarian, in love, and well-traveled. She writes like she's talking to you because she is. Her content covers marriage, motherhood, travel, eats, thoughts, style, and faith. Currently, she lives in Austin, Texas, with her husband, daughter, and two fur rascals. Which also, Shruti is a very cute baby, so I'm just going to put that out there now. So all of you are prepared to for the cuteness, because I was not, so.
1: How are you? It's so good to see you. I'm doing 6 out of 10, but 10 out of 10 talking to you. Woo! And uh, yeah, it's really good to see you too. Yeah, thank
0: goodness for Zoom and FaceTime <laughs> mm-hmm. and all the things. Uh, Shruti and I were just talking before coming on air about like, trying to navigate quarantine and social distancing mm-hmm. me as a very outgoing person and Shruthi as someone who like likes being home <laughs> so like finding that balance um but yeah so tell us a little bit more about yourself I feel like you you're like a professional podcast guest now after I've gone down the Shruthi rabbit hole the last hour but
1: <laughs> what even is that uh you
0: come up in google um you've been in a couple of different podcasts uh you're a really great writer i think i had like read your stuff before but not like never like did a deep dive into your writing um and just like the things you share are just so personal and me as the person who like has this show and is very big about vulnerability and honesty and just being very um Upfront about things, like I feel like a lot of people on social media are like always trying to show like the highlight reels. And mm-hmm. so with me, I'm always I've always been the kind of person who's just very I want to show like the good, but also like the very messy. And a lot of people yeah. have this idea of like what they see on social media is like always what you get. And I'm like, no, there are days I am struggling, which is also why I post about that stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I, your stuff really radiates with me, and so
1: hence, well, like wise, <laughs> I appreciate your authenticity. Um. Yeah, I feel like this platform, like whatever platform you're on, social media wise or your website, it really is what you make it. <laughs> so, if you want it to be a shallow space, go for it. If you want it to be only talking about, you know, fashion and shoes and makeup and whatever, go for it. But also know that, like, it doesn't have to be that way. Right. And so, for me, if this is going to be my full time job and I want to sustain, my work ethic, my workflow, it has to come from the heart, the heart place too.
0: Right. Absolutely.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I would love to jump into our topics. I think we're going to yes, like all crush by each other the whole time anyway. Yes. So. <laughs>
1: um, I remember, this, wait, sorry, I have a no, quick ahead. anecdote. Yeah. I remember when I first saw you. <laughs> Where? Wait, now I'm interested. Um, so I think I was meeting Shelby our mutual friend Shelby for a drink at Hank's and uh, (laughs) yes, of course. And you were sitting at a different table. And then we, um, like she, we walked over to you and we all talked and then she and I went to our own table and I was like, who is that radiant goddess? (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, Oh my gosh, that's my friend, Brie. You have to know Brie. Oh my goodness. That's so funny.
0: Uh, I remember that day, Like now you're saying it. Yeah. And it's funny because like, and we'll talk about this in our topic of like wishing, the topic today was like wishing women would support yeah. other women and the lack of diversity in Austin. So like with me, like seeing you, a brown woman in Austin, doing all these like really beautiful things and having this really large following. And like Shelby had told me about you, but I'm very... I'm very East Coast in the way of, like, I have never met a stranger. Like, I mean, mm. <laughs> we're either going to be friends or are going to be people who know each other, but, like, it's never, like, this awkward, like, beginning. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, she had told me a little bit about you. So like, getting to meet you. I was obsessed with you the minute I met you, so I'm glad it was, like, it was <laughs> <laughs> um, But, like, seeing you, like, again, like, the stuff you write about and just, like, and not running away from difficult conversations, because I think like a lot of people get awkward around it. And mm-hmm. me, I feel like that's where a lot of growth happens. Like if we're not talking about yeah. it and address it, so
1: yeah. I mean, even honestly, yesterday and the day before on my platform, um, I felt pretty strongly to address a situation that had happened in current events, where like some a really influential person. Um, decided to say the n word while singing a song and that person was not black and so um i i just i like was reading headlines and i was reading the comments under this person's thing where everyone was kind of saying oh you're fine you're fine you didn't do anything wrong you didn't do anything wrong and then i noticed like the few black women who tried to speak out were automatically called that they were bullying they were attacking they were you know so easily offended and i i am not black but i'm a minority and in that way i am automatically an ally and i just was so like i was shaking i was incensed i was like you do not get to do this like this is not your place and i have like tried on my own to like understand uh like different cultures right so like i read books or i'll talk to my friends of different cultures and say can you explain this to me so that i can be the best ally i can and um what I did was I shared probably like 10, 15 stories about the word. And I'm just talking about like, who can say it? What is the historical significance of it? Um, If you're so offended by this word, you like basically saying you don't need to purchase music using it, but that's like the end of where your policing goes and um, steps to, uh, where to go from here, like steps forward the number of messages I received from black men and women and also white women, um, with black children, affirming those stories was significant. And it was great. I loved it. I felt encouraged, but the number (laughs) like on a much fewer, like a, like a way smaller number, but still incredibly angry messages I received from people telling me like, you don't, or not you, but like, Nobody gets to tell me what word hmm. I should and shouldn't say. And, like, you're not even black. You shouldn't be talking about this. Um, you shouldn't be using the word. I was like, I don't, I would right. never use right. that word. Like, did you even listen? And I, I like, I love being honest and vulnerable and empowering people, but I'm not gonna lie. There are nights where I, I go to sleep crying because I'm so, I feel the brokenness in yeah. this fear. And so obviously I want to balance like, oh, my baby picture or my baby's pictures and, um, you know, like pieces of fashion I love and things like that. But at the same time, there are some very real things going on in this world that have to be told. And I, I like to say I'm a storyteller
0: yeah i think it's also like that policing of language of like if whenever someone who isn't black uses that word i'm like why do you want to use it so much like i as a black person don't use it the word makes me really uncomfortable and like and i i was telling a friend a friend i've talked about this because they are black and they use it and they've asked me why i don't and i'm like well my both of my grandmothers like really big in like the civil rights movements Mm -hmm. and like their grandparents were slaves and so it's like this really this, like, something I was just raised, like, no no one in my family says it, and it's, well, to my knowledge, and for me, it's, like, I'm not saying that if you are Black and you want to say that word, go for it, but it's also this thing of, like, I – I always just love people who, like, want to validate that they have a right to use it. I'm like, me as a Black person, I don't even use it. So if I cannot use it, you could for sure not use it as someone who... Exactly. And it's like that reclaiming, like that reclaiming of language, which I totally stand behind. It's like a yeah. lot of queer people who rec- reclaim the word queer, yeah. um, women who reclaim the word bitch. Like, it's like, it's yeah. the same sort of premise. But even still, like, there are, there are barriers and places where to use it and, you know, in what company to use it. But I just... Yeah, like, the policing of language, and especially around, like, you were saying, like, the amount of women of color who get bullied into, like, silence is exhausting. Yes. Like, there yes. are days I'm just, like, Shelby, our friend that we were just talking about, um, she's starting, like, this new blog series, and she asked me to, like, write a piece for her. And I was, like, Shelby, I already put out a podcast every week. Like, that's already exhausting. I'm, like, I have a bunch of speeches I have to write for these other things. I'm, like, but also, like, educating people. As a person of color as a as like a triple minority is exhausting mm-hmm. and it's like speaking into the ether sometimes because it's like people want to hear you when it's convenient for them yep. but like god forbid you like push a button for them now you're mm-hmm. like this awful person how dare you call it something that they, yep. they they said and it's just like if you kept that same energy for when you were wrong it would be a whole different world like people yep. don't
1: we we're talking no. about
0: to stay to me and her on the phone like people aren't willing to be accountable And that's one of my biggest pillars is like, I will admit when I'm wrong. I will apologize when I need to apologize. But like, there are some people in my life who have cut out because they would never own when they messed up or they would never admit when they were wrong. And I'm just like, what is that level of privilege to just feel like you are always right and just never, you know, never in the wrong. And I'm just like, I can't even imagine. I mean, it's a
1: level of Privilege, but it's also an incredible lack of maturity. Oh, yeah. Incredible lack of maturity. I spoke with this one woman from Alabama for hours, hours yesterday on DM, just trying to see where she was coming from. You know, I was like, okay, what would Jesus do? Let's do this. And then when that fails, because I will always fail to be like him, uh, I was (laughs) like, what would my husband do? Because he's also a great role model for me. And I just, I couldn't with her. She she just basically started pulling things like, you don't get to police my First Amendment. I was like, okay, you are not getting this. Can you please just go talk to your Black friends? Like, they will explain it better than I am in whatever logical way I'm trying to. You're just not getting it. And then she's like, oh, I don't have any of those. And I was like, okay, this, then this is a very futile yeah. discussion because you're not even trying to grow. You don't want to be better. No. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, it's, for me, in my experience as an influencer slash blogger, it is constantly, it has constantly been women that I have had to, like, I've encountered this situation with where they, A, don't want to be held accountable or grow or sharpened, uh, but they still want to, like, engage with you, engage with you, or they just want to keep taking from you, which Mm. is a whole other thing where it's like, what if you went out of your way to give to other women first before asking from them. And that's just like I I'm like on a soapbox about it because I just feel like A, you should want to lead with generosity. Mm-hmm. And then B that's how you become a leader. Like leaders aren't people who just take things from people all the time.
0: Yeah. And I think about that too. Like when you picked this topic, I was so excited because I come from a very strong history of women. Like all of the women in my family are just like so matriarchal. And like, I talk to my grandmothers, like at least every other week, like both of them are still with me and I'm very lucky in that. And then Mm -hmm. my godmother, like I have like she's been my idol since I was, like, four, <laughs> like, she is very religious, and very giving, and very nurturing, and I learned a lot from her, and then, like, I have a bunch of aunts, and, you know, a lot of my friends, after my mom died, their moms, like, really stepped in, and so, like, with me, I've always been surrounded by so many beautiful women who just, like, want to support each other, and that's me, like, I'm really big on that, too, like, i I believe, like, there's no reason why we can't all win, and so, like, this this fighting between women, I've never understood it. I've never understood the cattiness and the backstabbing and the, to be frank, the shit-talking of it all, like, the drama yeah. of just, like, why are we, like, so quick to tear each other down? And it's, like, as a sociology major, I get it. Like, we are yeah. taught constantly that yes. we have to, you know, there's not enough space for everyone on the top, which is crap. Um, but hearing that of, like, the, the particularly, like, white women who, like, who, in my experience, you know... I have experienced white women who don't make space or who only want your opinion. If it's like validating theirs or Mm -hmm. only want your two cents, if it's like going to like show them in a better light. So like I am very particular of like who I connect myself with. My grandma says like, you are the company you keep. And so whoever Mm -hmm. you are interacting with and who people see as your friends is like, for me, it says a lot about you as a person. Like, I the same group of people I stopped hanging out with like since we stopped being friends I have noticed so many things about them like my like my horse blinders came on is what I like to call it like mm-hmm. you just notice so much more when you stop accepting people's crap <laughs> and so it's just been mind-blowing to see like just a lot of now I don't want to even say flaws but maybe shortcomings I feel like they can get better if they wanted to but like mm-hmm. especially like now in being in Austin and Austin being predominantly white and me having lived here for four years and feeling like I'm very outspoken. I do a lot of things like I have learned how to create, take and hold space and also like help others find their space. And so now as I'm thinking of moving, I'm moving to Philly this fall, And what does that look like? Because everyone keeps asking, like, well, why are you moving? I'm like, well, living in the South as a Black person is terrifying. And Mm -hmm. under our current administration, I cannot imagine another four years in Texas. Like, yes, like, Austin is in Texas, but Austin isn't Texas. and unless you, like, live here, you don't really get it. And so I've been trying to explain that to people, like, Austin yes is like this very liberal progressive bubble but then like we still have shortcomings too. like APD was like shot and an un- un- unarmed black man and like there's just you know the homelessness issue in in Austin and people wanting to you know ship them all out and I'm like we live in a <laughs> in a city that is very wealthy we have celebrities li- who live here we have large tech companies who live here and so it's like living in this progressive space but yet we can't even think about how these people are living in experiencing homelessness and how we can actually change that and you know try to better their lives because it's just like well they're making our city look bad I'm like no I think Mm -hmm. it shows us more as a city how we are failing the people who live here like
1: yeah yeah. we definitely have a soapbox too (laughs) no I hear you I hear you I literally I always tell my husband I'm like this city I've lived here for 10 years now everybody likes to laud this city that it is diverse it's diverse here it's diverse there it is Maybe semi-diverse in thought, but it is not diverse in body, mm-hmm. and it is not caring for those who are diverse in body. Nope. I have literally like experienced this. Even, I wouldn't say like. Even as like much as two years ago, I was walking around my neighborhood in sweats. Okay, and this woman, who was in front of me, who didn't she like, I like in the um. She was walking in front of me with her child and they come over to me and her son wanted to like pet my dog. And she just looked at me and she like grabbed her son and like walks away. And I was like, What? This is like a little French bulldog. So it's clearly not the French bulldog that like offended you. I sure maybe my hair was like I had not done my hair, not done my makeup, was in sweats, was just trying to walk my dog and get out of the house. It's like 9 30 in the morning. Right. But you never treat people this way. And I I with everything that's been going on in the news I I kind of was crying to my husband last night. I was like you go on a jog every day. Like could you ever imagine feeling unsafe just going on a jog and then being hunted because of that in broad daylight and he is white. And so it, I really love having these conversations with him because his heart is beautiful and he's bold in like explaining to people and sharing um, injustices, but I also feel like he won't ha- ever understand like that slight, that slight bit of just, uh, being looked at twice, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but that's okay. That's a whole different topic. Really. <laughs> if we want to get back to women supporting women. I mean, um, I,
0: I think, I think it's a, that's a thing too. Like, um, we're going to talk about Shelby again because we both know <laughs> her, her and I had this conversation I think like around the holidays because like I am very big on representation and showing people of different backgrounds and all that and all that jazz and so around the holidays like all the Austin awesome bloggers are out and doing y'all's beautiful things or showing Christmas things which is my favorite thing um but at one point I asked her I was like aside from like Sharuthi and Jane and this other black girl who her name escapes me right now and I feel awful um I'm like, are there any, like, other people of color who are Austin bloggers? And she was like, ooh, tell me more about that. I was like, I sometimes feel like the only thing I see Austin bloggers-wise is, like, all these, like, attractive white women. (laughs) Or, you know, and, like, it's, like, this very, like, not repetitive, because obviously they're, they're all different people, but I'm just, like, I just think of, like, that market of, like, I'm the kind of person who, like, won't buy anything like, I'm not easy to market to, like, I have to, like, <laughs> see myself in things, or a friend has to recommend it, or I have to have, like, known someone who knows someone who's tried it, so, like, or, like, connected with the person who was selling it in order to, like, feel some sort of connection, which is why I- shop small always, anyway. Um, (laughs) But like that was, that was my thing of like, you know, yes, like I have gone to like things with Shelby and like ran into other people, but I've, I've asked her that question. I was like, you've lived in Austin your whole life. I'm like, so you have seen how it has changed substantially or significantly. I'm I'm sorry. Um, So with me, that was a big thing too of like, how are we as a city, like talking about diversity and like, you know, one of the organizations I was working at earlier last year, um, we had a board But our board is pretty diverse, but I was the only black person on our staff. And so a lot of our youth are mostly white because we're in Austin. Um, And so we're having a conversation of like, how do we, how do we move forward as being like an anti-racist organization? And I was like, well, I think we need to hire more. I was like, I know we need to hire more staff of color because like, a lot of people won't, a lot of youth won't come to things, or people who need services won't come to services if they don't see anyone who looks like them, and yes, like, Austin is predominantly white, and so, like, we can't shape it around this, the youth that we have, we have to shape it around the youth who we want to see, and so, like, if, like, if we want to see more youth of color who are coming, we need to hire more staff of color, we need to, like, talk to our staff, to our youth of color who are actually coming here, and so it's just, like, taking that extra step in diversity. Like there are people out there who want to do it. It's just like, are you taking the efforts to do what you need to do to have those voices be heard?
1: Absolutely. And I feel like, um, in the blogging sphere and probably honestly in hiring circles too, it's all about, it's kind of just like who's in your circle. Right. And so some, one, um, organization that I think has done a really good job of it. And they, they know that they're behind, but they're doing a good job at moving forward is actually my church in that they've taken an initiative that for every job opening, there has to be at least one out of the four candidates. At least one of them has to be a person of color. And I think that is so healthy in that oftentimes in organizations, it's really like, Oh, this job opening is here. Does anyone know anyone that can fit into it? Right. If everyone's circles look the same, guess what? That person that's gonna fill that job opening, it's that person's gonna look the same. Right. So they have to like go out and seek new talent, go into new circles. Um, and I actually got have got to meet like some awesome people from my church that way that were brought into new circles. <laughs> Um, And then in the blogging sphere, I think that, okay, it's very, actually, it's very hard as a person of color in the blogging sphere because there's this demographic where everybody kind of, they kind of look the same and they all have like the same blonde highlights and the extreme amounts of mascara and they all have the one Bible verse in their Instagram bio and like They all shop at Nordstrom, which fine shop at Nordstrom. I just have never actually bought anything from Nordstrom. (laughs) So, um, I, it can get pretty lonely, like pretty damn lonely sometimes, honestly. And I'll tell my husband, like, if I go to India, I'll stand out as the American blogger. If I'm in America, I stand out as the Indian blogger. Like I, Mm -hmm. I just like need to be myself and hope that my audience likes that enough. But also I, I can only surround myself at this point with people who will support my endeavors. I cannot be with leeches, (laughs) like people who just want to, they're like, oh, can I get some of that? Can I get some of that? Um, And I cannot be with people who are insecure. Because if you do not believe in yourself and you're going to try to put me down by immediately asking me, Oh, you're a blogger. What does your husband do? Mm. Oh, you're a blogger. What did you do before this? Oh, you're a blogger. Like I I just get so, I'm just like, I can't do this. If you're insecure, if you don't know how to truly support people, and if you're going to look at something as like dumb as just the color of my skin for my content, I don't want, I don't want you here. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think, I mean, that's how you live life period, right? Like you don't ever want people in your circles who don't support you. I've, I've recently the last year been holding on to this mantra, <laughs> um, because I lost a lot of friends last year of like, it is easy for people in the crowd to make comments when you are the person on the stage like people are so quick to judge when you, when they are not the ones taking the risk of like writing a speech, getting an award, like doing all these things in the community. So it's like so easy for them to like tear you down, like, well, she only did this or she like, she only got there because of this. And it's like, I could sit there and like, think about everything you're saying, or I can enjoy
1: my moment that you cannot take from me because I I am here. Have Um, you always been that way where you've always been able to stand up for yourself because I remember when I started like getting more successes in blogging and people would kind of pick at me. Mm. I have even felt so like, I don't think insecure is the right word. I felt so like, like, Oh no, they didn't get this, but I got this that I, I have put myself down mm. and I have said, oh, it, I could be the diversity hire. I have literally mm. said that because- The imposter syndrome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I just, the job I just got let go from um, is a tech place and I was the only black person there. And so like my first like month there, I was just like, I don't fit here, mm. but it's like, it's not that. It's just like, we are-, are I think first of all as women and people of color it's always a thing of like you should be grateful that you're in any space that you're in (laughs) I'm like no you should be grateful that I'm here like Mm. I and no I haven't always been like this I I, you know from the time I was maybe like 24 I'm 30 now right yeah um (laughs) math um I I think it started when I was around 24 25 because I don't have my master's degree and a lot of people and I was doing a lot of work in nonprofit space doing on-site case management like social work Um, and so people would see my like resume like you don't have your bachelor's and you don't have your master's I'm like no they're like and they would get like so offended like I was asking for these jobs like well you don't have a bachelor's I'm like yeah but I have experience and you can't Mm. you can't pay for what I've learned like yes, I could have read about it or I could have lived it and like actually had experience. And so that's when I think it really started for me is, you know, being a case manager for like adults who had been experiencing homelessness or who had been um, addicts and like helping them Mm -hmm. get through recovery and, you know, all of a sudden those sort of resources. So I, I think probably around the time I was like 24, 25 is when it really started because I, I've been a believer in like you have to advocate for yourself because not everyone's always going to be on your side. And I learned that very early in life um, and just taking all those experiences of being like, yeah, no, you can hire that person who doesn't know how to talk to people to be a case manager and it's not going to go well, or you can hire a person who's been there for a while. Um, and so, yeah, sometimes it's that thing of like, Oh, was I the Was I the minority hire? And then mm. I'm also like, I like to flip it a lot of the time and say to myself, this is another like stepping stone. Like I can say it didn't last long, but like I did this job here and like I've had a lot of these experiences and I like to say like every experience is like another thing on your resume, like something else you can talk about. And you know, the last couple years it's been interesting cause I've been asked to do like a lot of my speaking engagements and you know, stuff like, of that. And I'm just, and for a long time I was like, why me? And now it's just like, no, of course me. <laughs>
1: like, mm, someone who's, I love
0: that. Yeah, someone who is very vocal, who is very honest, who isn't afraid of messing up. Like, I think a lot of people are so afraid of like not doing things correctly. And I'm like, that's where I learn. Like, exactly every time I have a failure, I'm like, you know, you learn something new. Like there, there are so many opportunities to just learn. But I was reading something, it was like failure is like when you do something wrong and just sit in it. But it's, it was but the opposite is like, using that to like make yourself better like you weren't a failure for having did something wrong you're a failure if you only focus on what you did wrong and now you can learn from it so yeah I mean that's been my biggest thing lately is like really how am I going to use the privilege and space that i have because i mean like i've said i am a black queer woman like (laughs) very minority but yeah a lot of people come to me for my expertise and experience Mm. and so it's been a lot of that too like oh well how do i market this so like how do i let people know that i am willing to do these things and then you know having worked at a youth organization like the space that i take up gives people other people the feeling that they can also do it Mm -hmm. like when I spoke at the women's march in Austin earlier this year, like I thought of the Shonda Rhymes quote of like, if I mess up right now, that means like a lot of people who look like me in the future might not have a chance. And so I was like very particular about everything I do and mm. how I wrote my speech. And, you know, it's always this like, how honest and vulnerable, vulnerable do we want to get? Because again, Austin is really, really white. And I called that out in my speech. And then this woman, Mimi, who who founded Measure, which is an amazing nonprofit in Austin, she talked about how like white feminists really erased black feminists. And so she had that whole mm-hmm. conversation. And it was just like, I think there are, there are people who want to do better in the world. It's just like, we have to constantly be teaching and, you know, letting them know it's out there, because I feel like if, if, if people who are, like, in my positions or your positions with your platform or other people who do public speaking or what have you aren't using that to make and create other space for other women who look like us, it's kind of a disservice, but I, I, I think it's, we know how hard it was for us to get here. And so I always am like, I want someone to see me and be like, well, if we can do it, I can do it. And I, and I yeah. think that's what being in Austin has really taught me is that like I am a minority in the fact that like I got to this spot, which means I beat out a lot of people to get here. So what am I going to do in this spot of privilege that I have right now to make sure that someone else can eventually get here too? Because again, there's, there's no reason why we can't all do well. So like, like I was saying in the beginning, like I, I think there's space for all of us to win but it's like you have to come come at it from like like I know you were very religious and I'm trying to get back into my religion right now especially being in quarantine and so I've been sitting a lot with like where I am right now how how is God the universe Jesus really like pushing me forward like what can I learn from this and so like I'm tangenting but here we go <laughs> I this is the second time I've been let go from a job unexpectedly and so I am a really big believer in that like when chaos comes into your life it's because a higher power has been trying to remove it for a long time and mm-hmm. you haven't been able to get out of your own way and so with me right now it's like okay every time I end up in the situation where I am where it's unexpected or I'm over my head or I'm feeling very anxious about it I'm like oh this is a test this is me trying to this is whoever's up there telling me like to have blind faith. And so I think a lot of the time we have to have blind faith when moving in these spaces where we are women or minorities or yeah. like looking to grow things because it's like, how, how, how are we being used as a message, right? How are we being used as like a pillar or, or an example of hope and what could be, and how are we going to to take that responsibility on? So like yeah. right now people ask me like, how are you, how are you doing? And I'm like, honestly I'm not worried which is like everyone's always like but you're unemployed during a pandemic I'm like yeah but like I have this this sense of like everything's going to be fine and so like with me moving to Philly I'm like well now that I've gotten let go I can actually apply for jobs in Philly I can like devote more time to doing that or editing the podcast and so taking every opportunity to like have a grateful heart in it and like Yeah. yeah things might not be simple but I think that's where like the most beautiful unexpected things happen Uh, agreed and end of tangent
1: (laughs) (laughs) no I I agree with you on so many of that so much of that Um, you know one thing though that I would like to see more of is and I I don't know how this was for you but nobody helped me get here no not a single woman of color helped me get here Mm -hmm. and um, That's not something that I tend, like, that's not something that I want to follow suit in that Mm -hmm. I'm happy to help. I'm happy to help and um, bring up women of color, but they also have to work. Mm
0: -hmm. They
1: also need to put in the hours. They need to research. They need to go network and they need to, they need to work because I have also felt like sometimes it's like, hey, you're brown. I'm brown. Can you put me on your Instagram story? Um, n- no, like you're, you haven't created any content that I have enjoyed. Like you're, you don't automatically get to be lifted up just because of the color of your skin mm. is my perspective. My perspective is you also have to be doing the work. You also have to be good at what you're doing. And so that's one side of things for me where um, I, wanna see, I wanna see some dedication and then once i see that i will take you where you need to go i will help you in every way that i can but then the other thing that i want to see is not of or not women or women of oh, women not color what am i saying <laughs> women who are not of color who also are askers and i'm like you have not helped me either in any way mm-hmm. and you ha- you are not asking to help me you're not saying like hey can we help each other you're simply just saying I want this. Mm. You have this. How do I get that? Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. I, I I want my daughter to like work her ass off, honestly, is because that's what I did. That's what my dad did when he immigrated to this country and like brought me and my mom along with him when he was making like 30 bucks a day. You know, like we work hard, we are respectful, we're kind, and we lift people up. But if you use me and if you are constantly asking and taking and never giving i i will not i will not be a part of that
0: yeah, i mean i think it's about authenticity right like i have been fortunate that like while here in austin i've met some amazing women of color like the reason i got to speak at the women's march is cuz uh, my friend puja sethi she's a lawyer an immigration lawyer she's great she was on the the like chairing committee for the um for the march and so they they were asking for speakers and she like well brie is a badass woman of color who i think mm. she she should speak like and then like the woman shelly is a black woman and so she was doing a bunch of stuff with um black austin Dems, and like that's how her and i know each other so i think there are it's a lot of the things of like like you're saying like you have to do the work like i'm not gonna sit here and think of someone who hasn't done anything and like essentially like give my name being oh my god they're great if i haven't seen you done do the work like there are yeah plenty of women who i think have done really great work who like net who never it's it's interesting the women who i feel like do the most are the last persons to ask for anything. Exactly.
1: Exactly. But and it's it also ones sounds, who do nothing who want the handouts. And I'm just like, that's not what I'm here for. Entitlement. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Total yeah. entitlement, never being checked, never understanding that they also have privilege. Like, mm-hmm. um, but it sounds like you've had some women who have helped you in ways that have been genuine, Yeah, you know? That is something that I have always mourned a little bit. Mm. With, um, my, my boss, when I worked at the tech company, was amazing. She was an incredible boss. But in this sphere, anytime I've tried to reach out to a woman of color who's been bigger than me, I have never gotten a response. Mm. And when I say women of color, they're mostly Indian women. And so I'm like, what is it? Do I have to be like your, at your level for you mm. to be able to start talking to me? And that is kind of a two thing. I think it's like, um, a follower thing, but it's also a faith thing because it's incredibly like taboo in it's taboo to like convert, I guess, in, um, my culture. And I've literally, I've had Indian women message me being like, I love your content, but like, I can't stand the fact that you became a Christian. I'm going to be unfollowing you. Hmm. And so, and you can understand this in a very different way, but like still not feeling like you fit. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like it's there's not a single woman in the city who is a brown Christian convert married to a white man blogger. And that will leave me feeling like at the end of the day, kind of isolated. Alone, yeah. Isolated. And then I have to like remember that women supporting women is bigger than women looking exactly like women mm. and it's like you they may not be able to understand my cultural struggles but they'll understand like my professional struggles they will right. understand like my faith struggles like you know what i mean like yeah trying to find pieces within different people like with shelby like my yeah. my closest girlfriends none of them are in this sphere truly mm. besides like shelby and chelsea and so they each of them gives me something else without gives me something yeah. that empowers me yeah yeah I mean for me I
0: am very vocal about being black and queer questioning my religion like I am very upfront about that and so with me when I probably like two years ago um and I've talked about this before but HRC Austin which is a human rights campaign and does like a lot of work with LGBTQIA plus folks they're a national organization but they have chapters in like major cities and so the Austin chapter asked me to like join one of their planning committees and I was like I'm honored that you asked me but what other black women have you asked and they're like what <laughs> I was like aside from me what other black women have you asked and they're like well we saw you at this and at that and I was like yeah no, no that's not what I asked you. Aside from me, who have you asked? Like, well, no one. I was like, well, what I need you to do is go ask at least three more and then we can have a conversation because where I am, there are other people. Like, but I also don't want to just be the one who checks off a, like, checks, be, is a check mark. Like, if you really want a woman, a, a black queer woman, you will find one. But if it's just like, oh, she happened to walk in, there's where I am, there are 700 more of me. So, like, I'm not the only one out here. And so I'm very big on that too of like, well, yes, I am very honored for the space and privilege that I take up. I'm also really big on like challenging people. Like I am never, I never want to just be the only one, especially like as I'm, as I'm moving and leaving Austin, a lot of people have been asking like, what's going to happen with like, you do all, like there's still so much to do in Austin. I can't believe you're leaving. I was like, there are so many other people who live here. I'm like, and the fact that y'all think I'm going to be the one who does it all, like is just assumed like that to me says more about, the fact that like y'all notice this work, but you want someone else to do it. Why aren't you willing to step up? And so what what I'm hearing from you is that like you are willing to like you you mourn for something because you're mourning for something that you would have done, that you want to do. Like we I think we have this in common of like like we're saying, we want all women of color to do well, but it's like if we're the only ones wanting that, we can't we it can't be reciprocated. So
1: yeah,
0: I think my like the way I've been really combating this is like, I am a kind of person like if I get asked to do a speaking engagement and I can't, I will say I cannot, but can I recommend someone else? And they're, the people are usually like, yeah, like who? And I will them, a, I'm like, well, what are you looking for? And so with that, like, I have a really large like networking web, and so like I will ask other people who typically are like not asked to do speaking engagements, like who people don't know about, because. I remember like someone gave me a chance and so I'm really big about doing that for other people. And so like as I continue to think about like now with moving to a new city and like what is that networking going to look like for me, especially like as people say like as you get older, it's harder to make friends. I have not experienced that, but I don't want to (laughs) negate other people's experience. Um, But I think about that too. Like I come into every space very humble and honor to be there, which I think is very opposite of a lot of people who we have been like talking about. Like, I, I think it's, you know, the life I've lived from like losing my mom really young, not talking to my dad for a couple of years and like literally having to take care of myself and get myself to spaces and, you know, really do this fight of like, I am not saying that I did everything myself. Like I am very fortunate that a lot of people who saw me gave me a chance and so I am very I am working now to do that with other people as I especially as I leave Austin um but I I think it's this thing of we have to let people we have to be willing to let people know that we are a available but also we have to say like I would love to help you but I need you to do x y and z and that's kind of what I said to HRC like I would love to be the person but I need you to find someone who looks like me or like I went to another event, they, they had like a queer women's event, and I was the only, I was one of them, there was like 30 or 40 women there, I was the, I was one of three women of color, and the only one under the age of 30 at the time, and so I gave the feedback of like, you all say you want to reach a certain demographic, and yet 99% of that room is old white women, <laughs> so clearly, I needed and like with me it was like I needed to be there to make that note for them like if they are all in that space they don't notice that because it's not something they're looking for my sense of looking for community is like yes you're a queer yes you're a woman but you don't look like me and so how are we going to move forward and get more people in the room who look like us and with me it's like they might not have my like lengthy ass resume or have you know done the speaking agent that I have done I have a lot of projects I know that but like I think with like the connections and, and opportunities that, that you, that, that I have had, I am able to bring people in who typically wouldn't have that opportunity. Yeah. And that's how I've been looking at it too.
1: I mean, that's, Shelby and I were talking about that with our Christmas party, honestly. Like I put quite a few names on that list that I didn't know very well and they didn't know at all, but they were just bloggers that I had seen that were of color. And it it was just like, I just... Maybe we can get them into this groove, into the circle. And it's been so cool to see that, like more and more faces, um, more and more shades. I really love the point that you made where you said you had to show up to make that point to them. And, you know, I I think I needed to hear that a little bit because I feel pretty fatigued, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean it's not easy. Like, yeah, no, it's draining a- as heck, and people can't say your name, and they mm. is just a lot. Oh, yeah. it's a but lot. Brianna and- with an O. I'm always like, oh, okay,
0: yeah, hundred percent get it. Like, yeah, it's it's that constant fight of like, and then it also goes back goes back to like we all deserve to be here. Like, mm. there is no one who's better than anyone. Like. At the end of the day, we're just people. And I and I, and I sometimes feel like, you know, and the progressive spaces that I'm into, like, that I'm in, like people will say, like, you haven't run for office or you've never run a campaign. And blah, blah, blah. I was like, I'm a person who showed up because I care. And I feel like that mm. should, that, that's the only thing that should matter. Or, I, you know, people who come to queer events who like haven't come out yet, I'm like, but they showed up. And like that, that first step to me says you want to be there and be involved. And so, yes, we're not all going to have the same story, the same reason why we showed up. But I think if we show up, it, it, that's, that's half the battle. Like once people get in, like you're saying, once they get in and get to see like what other people are doing and have those conversations and, you know, have people in their networking spaces who can like have conversation who get it, that changes everything. Like there's just, there's so much power that happens in community, but yeah, it's just, how do we, how do
1: we let down those guards and like, be like, I mean, everyone's welcome. We have to love our neighbors as ourselves. And right. like, if, if you really think about what that means, like think about how much time you spend on yourself, thinking about yourself, your ambitions, your goals, your dreams, your wants, your desires, your comforts. And then it's like, literally scripture says like, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no way people are doing that right because if we were doing that we would all be on a different level mm-hmm. we would never look at someone else's competition we would be content with what we have we'd be joyful with where we are would be secure with who we are like I don't know I think it all comes no you're that. right
0: you're absolutely right I love that I love that point and I talk to people a lot about this because having come from a social work background like I am very selfless and I know it's like it's like taboo to say that, but like no, I, grew, but yeah. I grew up very much like involved in church. My godfather's a pastor and I've said this before on that episode's like we have, we were always taught as kids to like give wholeheartedly. Like if you're ever going to go to something that your heart is in, just don't go. Like people can tell when you're into it. People can tell when you're like legitimately connected to it. And If you show up like half-assed, I'm the kind of person like I'm not going to show up to something I'm not interested in that I can't give my whole mm. heart to. And so, like, I think that's why a lot of people come to me, like, you have so many things that you, like, love to do. I'm like, that's the thing. Like, everything I do, I love to do. Like, yes, Mm -hmm. having the show is exhausting. (laughs) Having to do, to write a speech for a thing is exhausting, but, like, I do all these things because I love to do it, and I, and I am so interested in seeing what the ripple effect of that would be. Like, talking to, you know, this show, for example, like, my friend Madison made my logo, and my friend, who's a local rapper, made my theme music paid them both and it's just like this thing of like every time i post this episode it's just like i will their names are like in the credits in the show notes because i want to help create space so like if someone sees this logo and i can like draw business to madison or like i can introduce them to Mama Duke who made my music like i am so big on helping to create space for other women because it was one of the most beautiful things that happened in my life like mm-hmm. my advisor aaron who turned into being a mentor is now one of my favorite people in the whole world. Like I was always really outspoken, but my freshman year of college, I was just so angry. Like my mom had died a couple of years before my dad and I were like mm-hmm. arguing all the time. Like I just had like all this anger and she was like, well, why don't you join student government? I'm like, what What do I join a student government for? And her just like seeing that I had all this energy and like direction and leadership potential because I was like doing all these things she's like I think you do really well here. Mm. And so like I tell her a lot I'm like you saved me from myself in the way that like mm. I had all of this. I had such a chip on my shoulder and she's like, you can come into this space and do a lot of positive stuff and you can still be very out you can still be a leader, you can still be very loud, you can still give direction, which I really loved at the time. Um so I think it's also that too of like we have to see other you we have to be really big on like being able to see the strength in other people. And Giving them that space too, like I never would have joined student government if she didn't tell me to. And I think mm-hmm. of like how different my life would have been because, like, because of that, like I got to have lunch with the president. I got to do a lot of speaking engagement. I got to do a lot of different things. And so, like, as I continue to move forward, there, like, I'm always trying to pay it forward. Yeah. And I think that's where we have to come from too. Is like we have to be selfless. We have to be willing to pay it forward. We have to be willing to be like, you might not get anything in return, but if you do it because it's the right thing that you should be doing, I think you're you're right the world would just look so different if we just gave five minutes of our selfish energy
1: to someone. Yes. Oof, that I cannot, I honestly, that would be such a beautiful world. I often have to like, like one of the things that brings me most comfort is thinking about, um, sorry, I feel like I've just been like reading my Bible a lot lately, which is why I'm (laughs) like saying all this. But when in Revelation, which is the last book in the Bible, it talks about, um, how in heaven every tongue tribe and nation will be represented around the throne of god and i cannot tell you the comfort that brings me like somebody who like my chip on my shoulder is not being able to relate to anyone Mm. and like being able to have that vision in the future of like uh, there will be thousands of us of every color every tongue every tribe like that that's what motivates me and that's what pushes me to like get coffees with people who don't necessarily bring anything to the table or to respond to those emails that are just saying like hey can i can you do this for me can you write me a recommendation letter can i can you put this on instagram blah blah blah. like it doesn't always have to be an exchange and when i'm able to be centered in my faith and spiritually my heart is like in this place of just, like, peace, that is when, honestly, I, like, what you're saying, like, I'm able to be selfless. Yeah. And when I'm, when I'm away from that, and when I'm, like, well, this person hasn't done anything for me, or this person's never going to do anything for me, or blah, 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 blah. Like, if I look at things as an equation, I'm exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> exhausted. A thousand
0: percent. But I like that, that energy of, like, setting the tone. Like, I think if you, I know you were saying earlier how, like, people will come and ask you for things. And I, and you know, for me, I my pen. Um, for me, a lot of the time, it's like setting the tone of, you want me to help you. But I, I ask people like, okay, me doing this for you, what does that mean for you? Like, or how are you going to pay it forward? So like, as you were saying before, like you don't, I know you want to help people, but you also don't want to give out handouts. And I think that is a beautiful balance to have. I think you can set that tone of like, Hey, you want me to do this, this, and this for you. But what, you know, asking those questions, of like, if I do this, how are you going to pay it forward? And I think mm-hmm. that's a challenging question for people because they just think of like what they're going to get out of it. But it's, it's never right. this like follow up. Like, okay, if I do this for you, how are you going to, how is this going to help you do something better right. for someone else? And I, you know, I, 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 for a long time, like, I, too, was looking for a community, because, I mean, being someone in, you know, in this space of, like, I grew up in a very diverse place, but, like, my family, I was, like, not the black sheep, but I was also, like, very much a bookworm, um, always, like, the heavier set kid, um, very much, like, I was very well educated. And so like a lot of spaces where I was with family, like my they like my cousins weren't as educated or weren't as a, or said weren't as articulate as I wa- was. Mm-hmm. And so like that was really hard for me, like being in my own family and sometimes you know like I didn't fit in. And so like I I think with me, like and my family now <laughs> we've been having these conversations because we're like you have like so many like friends and people you're connected to who aren't your family. I'm like, because sometimes people show up for you in ways that you never expected and you are able to build community with those people who never look like you because you have something else in common Mm -hmm. and I think like if I ever was I don't think I've ever focused on like building relationships because of like the way people look or like what they can offer It's just always been like are you a good person is what it's just Always my first thing for,'m like, and then, if like we have these beautiful things in common, sure, but like I think a lot of the time we look for the commonality first versus like the unexpected joy that's gonna be there, mm-hmm. and I think it's like a privilege of mine is is I've always come from this space of like you have to lose my trust, I will go into every situation like trusting a person, and you have to lose it, and once it's gone, it's gone, like there's really no retribution for that because like I and my faith and spiritual journey have also always been like, I'm always going to give people the benefit of the doubt. Mm. And I think that's what's kind of kept me in this like very healthy space of like, I'm exhausted and I have a lot of beautiful people in my life, that I'm just sometimes like, I cannot do another thing this week. Um, but building as, you know, continue to think of building community and moving forward. And especially like now, like I say, with me moving somewhere new, like, I mean, like trying to like start and reach out to like different groups in Philly um, like there's this Harry Potter book club that I've been like really interested in. I've this podcast listened to, and they have a group out in Philly. And so, like, I think as we move forward, as like women, people of color, spiritual people, it was, like, how can we? What do we have in common, and how can we connect there? And you know, if I, if you meet this one person who see like they won't have someone who like is someone that you've been looking for, like that like sense of community you've been looking to build. I feel like, you know, you meet people in the time where it's like meant for you to meet them and like friendships way and relationships, you know, sometimes fall apart. But I think of like the people who I have met through someone else who like, we're no longer friends with that person. But I think, oh, that person was in this space in my life. So I can meet you and we can have this really beautiful friendship and
1: relationship. Mm. So
0: that's an interesting
1: perspective. I like, I like that you said you have to lose my trust because I feel like, Like at my wedding, I had 10 bridesmaids and all of them I've been friends with for years and Mm -hmm. years and years. Like I take such a long time to build that trust with people. Um, Yeah, it's, it's all (laughs) relationships. I don't know. I I, I like to like offer that up pretty constantly where I'm just like, I don't want to be cynical. And I think. It's just hard when you felt when you feel used a lot, mm. and you you can feel a little bit like a doormat. But there are so many good gems out there, and there's so many good people. That um, I suppose it's worth like being open to meeting more and more people. Yeah, like the saying goes, you have to kiss a bunch
0: of frogs before you find the prince. And I feel like. I feel like you're such a good person that good people want to find you, but then also playing, you know, voice of reason. What if people think that like, that's the only way they can get your attention though?
1: Is by asking for things. Yeah. Like what if, like, it's the thing
0: someone once sent me, like we focus on all the bad things versus like the beautiful things that are happening. And so I think of people who are just like, well, you know, if I just like reached out and wanted to be, her friend like she would never believe that's what i actually want and so i think sometimes people think they have to like ask you for something in order to get your attention
1: i i feel like it's i feel like it's it's not that i feel like just be kind Mm -hmm. if you are a kind and honest person we will be friends yeah And you will also be imperfect, right? You will be a kind, honest, imperfect person. Just like what I I try to be, not imperfect. I am imperfect. (laughs) I try to be kind and honest. But um, it really, truly, truly, it just comes down to do you support people? Because if you support people, I will support you. And I, I talk to brands about this all the time where they're like, Oh, can you like lower your rates by this much? Or can you give us this much of a discount? And then I ask, I'm like, okay, do you give that much of it, of your money away? Like, do you, when you are asking me for a 25% discount on my rates, do you give 25% of your profits to an organization? And they'll be like, oh no, we give 5%. I'm like, okay, so that's why I want to, I want to talk to you. Like, you can have a 5% discount. Absolutely. But like, that's like, that's the business side of me. Yeah. But then when a, when a brand is like, we give 50% of our profits to supporting, um, empowering women coming out of sex trafficking, I'm like, oh my gosh, let me slash my pricing yeah. for you to like 75% off or something, you know, like happy to have wiggle room and work with brands um, that give back. And I think people are the same way because people are what, or who make up brands, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you exactly what you said, if you pay it forward, if you give it back, then I I'm not worried. Yeah, yeah.
0: I yes. I, I feel like I don't know. I feel like this this year has been really weird, obviously, mm. and I feel like it's giving people a lot of a lot of time to do some self reflection. Hopefully, I mean, there's gonna be the few who don't do, think they do anything wrong, but that's a whole different episode. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I, I hope that people reach out and are trying to be better and trying to really take this time to think of ways to be more selfless. Like if that if like you're saying, if we just did that like one one hour a day that focused on someone else, like some doing something else for someone else. I think that would I think that's the balance. Like today, a friend of mine, <laughs> um, she has a podcast as well. Um, she was on a couple weeks ago and she's been ha- she uses Squarespace and so do I, and she's been having such a tough time figuring out her website. I was like, Kelsey, I'm not working. I can figure it out for you and mm-hmm. I have time. And so today it literally took me five hours to figure it out, but <laughs> oh. <laughs> it got done. And it was like, I-, I figured out the thing. I updated her website for her, like did all these things that she'd been wanting to do, but just didn't have the time. And so I texted her I was like, Hey, everything's done. She's like, that took you five hours. I was like, I love to solve a problem, one. I'm like, and two, I know that it was bothering you so much and Mm -hmm. I'm just happy to have been able to do that. Like, Good friend. I think it's that thing of just like paying it forward. Like I know if if it was reversed, you would have done the same for me. Like I think we have to come from this space of like treat – like you're saying, if we treated our neighbors how we would treat ourselves, it would just change the whole landscape of life. And so I I think that's what I kind of want to – and on is like just take some time to think of like how you can reach out to someone how you can be a better person to someone how you can show up authentically
1: if you're going to send truthy a message <laughs> um oh i get so many of those those are the, all the i like i screenshot so many of those and i print them out cut them up put them on my like i have a victory board and these, it just reminds me of the community that we've built on there it's literally like one in a thousand will be like asking for things that I'm just Mm -hmm. like, how did you get here? Yeah. But yeah, I would say love your neighbor as yourself. And then also if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for everything. So definitely finding that cause or that reasoning that lights that fire underneath you. And you're just like, I'm going to be an advocate. I'm going to be an ally. I'm, you know, like something you've got it. Those two things like big love, big justice. Yeah. Oh,
0: love that. I'll be sure to link your all your things in the show notes. And I usually end with a question, but I feel like you already answered it. It's usually, "What's the best advice you were ever given?" or "What's a piece of advice you would give your younger self?" Yep, but I think I just answered that. I think that was <laughs> that was perfect. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: We have to talk more often. You can call me whenever I want to talk yeah, to you. Yeah, no, now. absolutely. I'm so amped about this. Uh, Thanks for having me on here. Of I course. Really, I felt like it was cathartic a little bit. To like It was like a safe space to just That's, kind of flesh out my mind. All I ever
0: want is just people to feel good and talk about yeah, things. I always tell so people good. I I started this show because I wanted to have conversations with people who, A, I don't get to talk too often. But be who people who I have really good conversation with, and I just like other people should hear. And I feel like being women of color living in a predominantly white city, and we are often told, you know, we're often pushed into silence because it makes other people uncomfortable. And I was like, no, we're going to record it and put it out. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much. I love it. I love it. I love it. That's it for this week's episode of The Tea with Bree. Um, be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Tea with Bree. Send me an email at The Tea with Bri at gmail.com. And visit the website, theteawithbriepodcast.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. A special thanks to Mama Duke for our theme music, and I will talk to y'all next week. Bye.